Hey, everybody. It is episode 88. That sounds right. 88 sounds like the correct number for this podcast, the PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, alongside my good pal, Tyler. Hey. Hey. Frank, you are no longer the number one person in our league. You're tied now. Yeah, I'm tied, but, uh, you know, technically I'm still number one based on points scored. True. True. And uh, it's actually kind of embarrassing because last week everyone just took a shit on me. So I know how I feel. Well, you know, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 tight now. It's it's interesting. Mm. It's it's weird because I won last week and I'm fantasy football league. When does that happen? Yeah, that's it's it's a strange world we live in sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Dude, yeah, last week, man. I'm looking over my shit from last week, man. Uh, fucking Antonio Brown, you can't get me more than five and a half points. Same with you, Melvin Gordon. LaShawn McCoy, six and a half points. What the fuck is wrong with, like, three of my top scorers right there? Yeah. Damn. I had Mark Ingram go off for 31 last week, which was good. Yeah. Saints have another good matchup this week, too. They do. Mm. They do. Yeah. Steelers play tonight. I'm wearing my jersey. You can't see it because we don't we're not on video right now. But yeah, I'm wearing my uh, J.J. Watt jersey. Steelers going to fuck up the Titans tonight. Yeah, I I I think so. Titans seem like one of those teams that's like, yeah, they have a winning record, but I don't know if they're like playoff good, you know? Yeah. That division's weird, man, because you had the Titan. This year, this season's just weird. Let's just think about it. Mm -hmm. The Eagles are like the best team in the league, potentially. We'll see moving forward. But they have the best record. It's like, that's bizarre. The Rams are like incredible, which is bizarre. The Jaguars are really good, which is weird. The Jaguars and Titans are like fighting for the, their division, which is weird. It's kind of cool, though, to see these teams. It's kind of been at the bottom and now they're they're some of the better teams, which is good. You know, it's mm. good that the leagues can fluctuate a little bit like that. Mm, but the Browns are still the Browns. Yeah, that's not going to change anytime <laughs> soon. Oh, yeah. Man. Poor Browns. I'm not and sure. The Giants the, are like unusually garbage yeah. this year. Like, damn. I'm curious <laughs> to see if like the Browns or the 49ers like win a game. 49ers won last Oh, week. they did? Yeah, they beat the Giants. Oh, shit. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Is, of course. The, 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 game, the team that they beat, of course, was so. Yeah. So right now, uh, the Browns are the only ones without a win. You know, I wouldn't know the result of that game because I wouldn't have watched that game or paid attention to anything that happened exactly. in it. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's hard yeah. to tell sometimes when you have two shit teams, like who's going to win. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. This week's gonna this week's good. I'm I'm projected to win again, though that doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like I was projected to win last week, but fuck me. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. man. Oh that's well two two in a row for you, right? Two losses in yeah, a row. Yeah, that's two in a row. Damn. It's it's bad. I, uh, I look at your your uh like yeah, your division's pretty tight. I mean, I feel like I have the strongest fucking roster out of anyone, but you like, absolutely do. Uh, 
Man. That's that's the thing. Fantasy football is, is half luck and half knowing, you know, knowledge of the league. You know, a little bit, or at least you know, following it to know how good players or teams are doing. Let me let me see who who needs a wide receiver because I I have Keenan Allen right now, who's projected to pop off this week. I, I'm trying to see who might need a receiver and, and trade to them, see what I can get. But who knows? Uh, I can probably I can do that later. This is a PlayStation show, not about fantasy football. Because this fantasy football just happens because we're a bunch of nerds who like multiple things. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, we got to get it out, man. It's, it's yeah. the fantasy football hot, hot five minutes. Mm. It is a very hot five minutes. Um, it's been a hot year for video games, too. A very hot year for video games. Yeah, it's been a, you know, a great year for video games, as we've talked about. <laughs> A lot. Mm-hmm. But it's also been like a very, very depressing year, especially over the past like month or two. Mm-hmm. When all these big AAA games are hitting, it's just been a, it's a little on the depressing side to see where some of these AAA games are going to go. Yeah, you know? it's uh, the future looks grim <laughs> and we'll get to that later. But yeah, hashtag business models. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about the games we have been playing and enjoying. Two of them, we'll get into a spoiler cast. Kind of, it's going to be kind of like a post show. We'll do it after we read off the games we that came out this week. We'll do the, our spoiler cast so that you all don't have to worry about spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, uh, other than Call of Duty World War Two and Wolfenstein 2, what have you been playing? That's literally it. That's all you've been playing. Yeah. I well, mean, I guess we can talk talk about a COD multiplayer. Yeah. Um, have played Call of Duty multiplayer a, a decent bit still, and you know that game's multiplayer is is fun to play. You know, there's something that just clicks with me about it. It's not not the best Call of Duty multiplayer, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I'm not sure how I'm really feeling about, like, the loot sucks. I'm just going to be very blunt. Like, you get stuff, and it's kind of like the same shit that you already got sort of thing. And and the collections are kind of kind of weak, you know? Like, getting to the end of, you know, getting a really cool version of one of the weapons that's cool but it's just like fucking garbage in between you know so that stuff kind of stinks i don't know but you know they had they had a double xp weekend and stuff and play fooled around with some of that and you know i feel like the some of the daily challenges or weekly challenges they range from like way too easy to just absolutely fucking ridiculous sort of thing like there's not not really great balance there and i guess i saw recently they they fixed the server so hopefully people will start showing up in headquarters because as of a few days ago i still haven't seen anybody in oh as of yesterday i have us Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I, I think that, yeah, that the that thing sucks. they did was uh, they turned back the dedicated servers. Um, so for matchmaking, you'll be in a dedicated server rather than doing peer-to-peer matchmaking, which is good. I like that because peer-to-peer can host migrations and all that kind of stuff isn't fun. Yeah. 
like it's not a not a bad multiplayer but i think they just they really need to start balancing it out because some weapons are ridiculous the spawns are fucking awful and you know some of the hit detection is just bizarre and you know like we were playing search and destroy to try to do one of our daily challenges and that was like the most miserable time i've had playing call of duty in a long time mm-hmm. just because like the balance there was just fucking ridiculous you know it's like it just kind of sucks so i mean they do some tweaking moving forward i still think that i will play this game because i do i do enjoy playing this game's multiplayer it's just it does it's not without its flaws and i will say you know i like war mode mm-hmm. i never want to play on that d-day map ever again yeah it's uh, it's pretty bad it, it's the worst map because it's, if you're just sitting up there and you have a good sniper combined with people on those machine guns there is no fucking way you're going to get up to the beach and it's just going to be a slaughter for like four minutes and that's that's not fun i like playing the other two maps they're neat but that one's just like like they have to fix something with that and i don't know what they do with it but that one sucks Mm -hmm. i have never out of all the matches i played on that map attack or defense i've never seen a team go all the way yeah on that map like that map is just so completely off balance compared to the other two you know mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know have you have you uh been playing i some multiplayer yeah i i've played some call of duty multiplayer and i i want to touch back on some of like the orders and stuff like that i i feel like the at least half of the orders funnel you into playing a way that you don't want to or playing a way that's not very smart and that's just not fun to do it to play a game that way just because there's a reward for it yeah but they they kind of push you towards it because the whole progression to getting a getting supply drops like those are one of your main sources of supply drops and i know the loot is bad like there's the what do you, what do you get some calling cards and pistol grips like Pretty it's much. it's not that isn't really those aren't really in, fun things to have like you only five minutes of experience it's like ooh yay <laughs> you know like come yeah, on yeah and it's it's I, I just don't think like those rewards are very rewarding at all. Uh, like you can only equip one calling card at a time. And that's yeah. And OK. And people will see it like maybe if they get killed by you, it's a little thing in the corner for them. Or if you get the play of the game, it's a little thing that they see. It's not it's not something that's fun or interesting to look at either. And I, I think they could do more with like player skins they could get creative with this shit because it's fucking multiplayer they they already are very unrealistic with multiplayer and the representation of world war ii but it's i feel like they could get more creative like with character skins Mm -hmm. with uh weapon skins and stuff like that and some of the custom guns they do look cool but they don't look like the over the top cool that I'd like to yeah. see yeah. because they they should be able to have a little bit of wiggle room to have fun with it. And we'll get into like why that dichotomy should exist be, uh, with alongside uh, the single player campaign, which doesn't have anything creative really in that in that respect. 
But it, like, I, I feel like multiplayer is the place they should be taking some creative liberties. I know they have Nazi zombies, but uh, and they do some uh, some of that stuff there. But I, I'd like to see that bleed over to the multiplayer. Yeah, I I, I agree. And, and like I said, I do enjoy this game, but it just has a lot of problems still in it makes it hard for me to recommend this game to anyone that doesn't enjoy playing call of duty and and the thing is when you really think about call of duty over the past several several entries in this franchise like they are not a trendsetter anymore they are just completely reactive to everything that goes on in the games industry with this stuff like you look titanfall comes out and then look what happens you know loot boxes start becoming a thing and then look what happens you know it's like they in with the campaign they they totally were trendsetters with with a first person shooter just adrenaline filled big action-packed campaign and some people still like that i still enjoy that from time to time but it's like you know i've seen this shit go ape shit for a long time now you know mm-hmm. like how many adrenaline filled you know just like near death experiences can you sit through in the campaign you know anymore like just blow this shit up like i love the zombies mode in this game but just blow it up do something completely out of the box with what zombies is same with the multiplayer like call of duty's gameplay is cool and i people will probably complain too much if you change it but fuck it you know Mm -hmm. because like this game this franchise is clearly like plateaued this game is done way better than infinite warfare but it's still not doing as well as call of duty used to so something's got to change with this franchise big time and they're just they're just purely reactive all the time mm-hmm. with this franchise and you know i enjoy playing call of duty in its entries um but for sure i just wish they would do something different mm-hmm. but they need that that money yeah. You know, I just wish Activision was a little bit more like Ubisoft, like what they did with Assassin's Creed. Like, yeah, we're going to take a year off. And when it comes back, we're really going to change some things about this franchise. <laughs> some people will like it. Some people won't, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm going to continue playing Call of Duty World War Two, but it definitely is a flawed experience. And it's actually kind of a disappointing game. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment, and we'll we'll get in more. I think most of our gripes come with the single player. Like the, there are problems with the multiplayer, but yeah, I, I think definitely. I think what they did with the campaign was the most egregious yeah. thing about that game. Like last week, I would say I enjoyed this game more than what I enjoy it now, and that is purely because of the campaign. Okay, like the campaign to me just kind of drags this whole whole thing down and we'll get into it a little bit later uh when we dive in i mean even though spoiling a call of duty campaign isn't um that you know holy of a thing of like oh my god i can't believe you spoiled it but i think you know we're going to talk about call of duty and wolfenstein too in terms of spoilers and campaigns Mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of very interesting things that we could bring up about both of them you know yes yes so 
you mentioned Assassin's Creed. I played some more Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, yeah. I'm up to about level 20 now. Uh, I'm taking out like the you first saw like a set of individuals in, in that one menu, like where there's like all these different figureheads, like they all had like these nicknames, like the snake or stuff like that. Um, it, you notice that there's a lot more room on that page than just for those five. That's because there's more people you have to kill. And I'm on the Ooh. next, I'm on the next guy, like in that tier of people that I have to go kill. And that's cool. Um, I'm, I'm getting distracted a lot by side quests and just question marks on the map. <laughs> Typically how, uh, Ubisoft games get on me like I'm like oh shit there's something over there I gotta go over there now and then I gotta track back I and by the end of the night I'm like oh shit I should have just fucking did the main quest because that that's that's what's most interesting about this game I don't think the side quests are particularly interesting and no, I don't feel like uh, Bayek has a real influence on the world Mm-hmm. And those are my two main complaints about the game. So, well, I'm going to see it through to the end of the main story and we'll see how I feel about it then. But so far, it's like, eh, maybe maybe I should just uh, maybe I should just blaze through it. Uh, I also returned to yep. No Man's Sky this week. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, I was streaming a little bit of No Man's Sky. I started a completely new game. And boy, the onboarding process for that has improved by quite a bit. Really? Yeah. Um, they provide you quest, uh, like a kind of quest log and stuff like that, like little quality of life things that should have been there at the beginning. But just, just the whole experience of like starting over in that game was a lot more fun than I remember starting that game last time. And I, there's just there's more there's like I, I tried out some of the base building stuff. That's that's pretty rad. Uh, I've tried I, I've explored a couple of worlds that are a lot more interesting than worlds that I remember. I found this one planet that I dropped in and it was like a bunch of rolling hills and then there were forests and then there was a giant beach with these huge rock arches and stuff. And there were all these different kinds of wildlife and hmm. and there were giant. Yeah, there were like giant trees and shit, too. It was it was a pretty cool world and that's where i decided to settle down for my base i'll see how i get through like eventually getting to the center of the universe with that but i i'm actually enjoying all the new stuff they put in no man's sky is it grindy still um i mean like a snooze pass to get from one place to the other yeah travel is a little bit slow but they they added a thing where you can bring your ship to you that's good like you just press that's great you just press down on the d-pad and uh spawn like bring your ship to come to you it costs like resources you have to have enough like materials in your ship to do it but mm. yeah it's it's a lot more convenient than having to run all the way back to your ship every time yeah because that that was one thing that totally sucked about the launch game mm-hmm and yeah and yeah i'm just i don't know like no man's sky turned out to eventually be a pretty decent game yeah i mean i hope they keep updating it mm-hmm. you because know? they sounds like they've made some good changes like just keep going maybe this game will really catch fire sometime i don't know mm. but maybe it won't because they burned so many people at launch 
Yeah, uh, like I'm, I'm not saying go out and buy No Man's Sky now, but uh, it's it's a different game than it was at launch. So if, maybe if you already have it, maybe go back and give it another try. Yeah, uh, that, that that would be my recommendation. I and if you want to see if you want to buy it for the first time, maybe just watch someone play it and maybe see if that's your thing or not. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm enjoying my time with it. And I, I'm not sure if I'll continue streaming it because I want to play it in a way that might not be very entertaining to watch. I just want I, I want to explore this. There's so on this planet that I found, there's like this cave system that I want to explore now. And I, I, I really want to know what's down there. Mm. Pretty cool. Some big monsters. I hope so. That would be great. Sexy ladies. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Uh, we can talk about some news. Uh, heads yeah. up, just a quick heads up for everybody entering this weekend if you're listening to this on Friday. This weekend, Rainbow Six Siege is free if you have PlayStation Plus. And uh, Operation White Noise is launching, I believe, next week. It sounds... Yeah. November 20th. Hmm. You know what? I don't know when Operation White Noise comes out. And I don't think it says so in here. Yeah, I I don't think it does either but but yeah uh, if you want to soon play try rainbow six siege you can do that this weekend for free yeah it's pretty and also the game if you want to pick it want to pick it up eventually it'll be 60 percent off from november 16th to the 27th and rainbow six siege is great they've only made that game better that game's a ton of fun Mm mm-hmm this is very smart for them to do because it's a game that just continues to catch fire and do better and better all the time and keep it going, man. Talking about keeping it going, we'd like to bring you numbers and we're going to keep it coming for you here. The top games of October 2017. We can just scroll down to the PS4 list or should we give them the full list? Yeah. Let's give them the full list, and then we can maybe just quickly glance over the PS4 list. I'll bring us down from 20 to 11. You get us from 10 to 1, as we do. At 20, Rainbow Six Siege. Oh. Fancy Hmm. seeing that there. At number 19, NHL 18. Ghost Recon Wildlands is at 18 with Fire Emblem Warriors ahead of it at 17. Mario Kart 8 is at number 16. Number 15 is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Number 14, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. At 13 is The Evil Within 2. 12, Grand Theft Auto 5. 11, Gran Turismo Sport. Number 10, Forza Motorsport 7, 9, Destiny 2. 8, Madden 18. 7, WWE 2K18. 6, FIFA 18. 5 NBA 2K18, 4 South Park Defractured But Whole, 3 Super Mario Odyssey, 2 Assassin's Creed Origins, and number 1 Middle Earth Shadow of War. Mm. Now, mm-hmm. apparently, Super Mario Odyssey was the best selling game of the month, but Nintendo doesn't report digital sales to the NPD. <laughs> so, therefore, you know, that wasn't, that isn't reflected here. Yeah. 
Um, and then also, I believe Bethesda doesn't report that stuff either. So Wolfenstein 2 and The Evil Within 2 probably sold better. But, you know, I think it it sucks. It sucks to me that especially Wolfenstein 2 can't crack at least the top 10 bottom bottom half of it, you know. And yeah, it launched on a packed release day. So I'm hoping this game has a tail to it and that people come back to it. But it's also kind of sad that the game's on sale next week for $30. <laughs> like, that's a steal. That's fucking one of the best games of the year. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I feel like it should not be on sale at that price, having only just come out a few weeks ago. So that just that sucks. But maybe I don't know. Maybe the game's in line with Bethesda's expectations. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe they knew it wasn't going to light up the charts or get that high as we were all maybe thinking. I also think it was snubbed oh, an award nomination that we'll get to later in the show. Yeah. And also just let's I'm going to read off the top 10 PS4 games because I mean, it's a similar list, but it gets to another point. Top 10 PS4 games for October. 10, The Evil Within 2. 9, Destiny 2. 8, Madden 18. 7, uh, WWE 2K18. 6, Grand Turismo Sport. 5, Viva 18. 4, NBA 2K18. 3, South Park Defraction But Hole. 2, Assassin's Creed Origins. And number 1, Shadow of War. Where's Wolfenstein 2 on this list? I know it was only out for 4 or 5 days. But like, ah, oh, man just kind of sucks yeah i mean fucking hell it's it's one of the most outstanding games i've played this year and people aren't buying it and that makes me sad as a gamer because what does that tell people that are in charge of making decisions about which games get made it's right in this game they've said it's a trilogy it's clearly a trilogy too when you play it and uh Let's hope that with Wolfenstein 3 that it maybe launches at a better time because I believe the first one launched in May of like 2014 and that's a great time, you know. Bethesda's launched many shooters in May over the past three years and, you know, why not? Hold off. (laughs) But, you know, interesting there with Gran Turismo Sport – yeah, and not cracking the top ten. Yeah, that's very strange. Forza beat it out. Yeah, you know, I, and I know Gran Turismo Sport isn't like a proper Gran Turismo game, but it's also like Gran Turismo is fucking huge. And maybe because it's just taking so long to put these games out, in sport maybe not being what people want, six being a little bit disappointing and being on PS3. Maybe it's losing its luster a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, that game has a really great backbone, and I'm really excited to see what they do with a proper Gran Turismo 7. Yeah, absolutely. I think, though, it's it's great to see South Park up there at number four. That's That game is cool. It's a game that has no microtransactions in it or anything, so it's great to see something like that up so high, you know, and it's a single-player-only game. Uh, 
But then you have, you know, interesting Shadow of War at number one. You know, there was a lot of hubbub about microtransactions and all that sort of stuff, but it clearly did not affect this game sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, let's let's just get in, into you my microtransactions. It's yeah, I, I almost fell back on the giant bomb joke. <laughs> Uh, Michael Transa- Michael, yeah. Michael transaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, Star Wars Battlefront Two had a well is having a launch this week that is going over very poorly with fans. I have never seen a launch of a video game that is such a like a fucking garbage truck just flying down the street, man. Like so, damn. <laughs> so. I guess at the beginning of this, they were responding to a Reddit post about the microtransactions that they had uh, from basically people who were in like the EA access, which allows you to play the game early. And also people who paid, uh, I think, like eighty dollars to get get the game early, basically for like the deluxe version of the game. Um and like they, they, there was a Reddit post that they were replying to. Ended up being the most downvoted Reddit post ever, because basically they were saying, "Oh yeah, we're we're definitely listening, and we did what we thought was right, <laughs> was the right feeling for this game, or something along those lines." Uh, and people didn't like be, that being said, because. Eh, pretty much like the whole progression in this game. And how you unlock characters and stuff like that. Very fucking grindy. I think I saw someone write a post that even after they reduced the prices, which they did, uh, I believe, Tuesday, they reduced the prices by 75 percent. Yeah. Citing that they were listening and that they were like, yeah, we're listening to you. That's definitely not just what we were trying to get away with. Yeah, we weren't trying to just make it so pricey that you would just pay money. Yeah. Because in the characters they put behind are fucking Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Probably two of the most beloved characters in all of Star Wars. People are going to want those characters. And they pull this shit. And then they reduce the price of it. But then reduce the amount of credits you get for finishing the mm-hmm. campaign by like seventy five percent there too. So it's like, thanks. Yeah, thanks and someone went out and did the math, and I think they cited that it will take uh, two. Man, I think it was like something crazy, like two thousand four hundred hours to unlock everything yeah. just from gameplay. That's that's insane. That's fucking insane. Yeah. And I mean, they're out there saying that, yeah, we're going to change it like we vowed to change it and, it and make a game that people enjoy. But this game just has gross, just completely written all over it. And I think the two most like damning things of you know, what I've heard of this game is one, I was watching a video of Jim Sterling in he he put it in a very interesting way. He said this this would have made an okay free to play game. But instead they're selling it to you for sixty dollars. And it's like 
yeah, you know, like you're probably not wrong. You know, it's just look, people in these developers and publishers have to figure out a way to do microtransactions correctly because I don't think they're going to go away because of how much money they bring. But when you're just trying to completely and constantly suck money out of the player, then you can just fuck off. And to me, your game just is absolutely not worth playing until you fix it. I was legitimately going to pick this game up, but the more I see about it, and the more I also hear about the campaign, hearing a lot of mixed things on the campaign, I'm just like, nah. Like, they don't deserve my money for the shit that they're trying to pull. Like, maybe eventually, you know, I'll I'll pick this game up and it'll be a fun time. And it sucks, too. Like, it just sucks because battlefront one was a fun game to play and just have fun with your friends and not think about anything for a while you know the gameplay wasn't it was too easy to play but that was also kind of a a fun thing about it because you could just zone out and just fucking wreck shop and i i wanted that experience again with battlefront 2 and it seemed like they were just doing everything right and like you're throwing Star Wars on on the box. You're going to make money. You know? Like fuck, man. Hmm. Uh, it yeah, just sucks. It's... I just can't I just you know, this sort of just completely egregious microtransaction system is something you put in a free to play mobile game. Not a sixty dollar triple a game you know a premium video game it's just so crazy to me it's the only conversation around this game and and it's so it to me the conversation around this game is way more intense than it was for shadow of war and i i still highly doubt that it's going to affect sales like i still think this is probably going to be the best-selling game in november you know Mm-hmm. And uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's just it's just a dark future for video games. It's it, yeah. It is. It, it's sad that they're taking something that just says it's going to print money, and instead of focusing on making a great game, which I have no doubt that a lot of people on that team at Dice. That's what they're trying to do, but they have to implement this fucking garbage system. And they completely built the entire experience around just random progression in getting money from players. And that's just awful. I mean, I think I think we've we've seen pretty a pretty clear pattern here from basically need for speed being uh, progression locked behind a literal slot machine. And then this, I think it's pretty clear to see that EA wants this very badly. Oh, all the AAA publishers want this. Yeah, because it makes money. Yeah, uh, I just feel like EA is the one that's becoming the most aggressive about it. Yes, you are not wrong. EA, Activision. Mm -hmm. 
you can maybe even throw Warner Brothers in there. Yeah, and Ubisoft will see. I still feel like Ubisoft is still in it to make great games. They're not as in your face about it, at least for now. Not saying that Ubisoft is perfect. You know, there's still a business that wants your money. But at least I feel with some of the games they put out this year, like South Park or Mario and Rabbids, you know, they're not as in your face about those things. Mm -hmm. Or they're not even in the game at all. You know? And I I haven't, like, I know I'm probably pretty early on in Assassin's Creed, but even then it's like that stuff doesn't look like stuff I even want to buy. Like, it's... It's there, but it's like it's stuff that I guess I could buy a shortcut for crafting materials, basically, but yeah. like and maybe some cool looking stuff. But I, it's not stuff that I, I feel like will help with my progression in a way that I need it to help me. No, in, in the progression there in that game, I feel is fine. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't had any frustrations with it at all of like, man, if only I just had better loot or I could get crafting materials quicker. Like, no, I just feel like I'm getting that at a great pace and I have absolutely no desire, want or need to purchase anything extra. You know, mm-hmm. I just yeah, it just sucks, man. It and, sucks that, you know, this is just what they're doing with this game with Battlefront. But what are you going to say? Yeah. And uh, I guess the, another important thing to make note of is that it isn't necessarily about uh, always just about like the gameplay stuff. It's some of this uh, microtransaction loot box stuff is also like kind of a psych- psychological warfare on people. And it's, it's something that I've noticed myself kind of feel a little bit like just that little rush you get whenever you open a fucking loot box now that i'm aware of it i'm like oh shit why why do i feel that way like it i i feel that way like that that the anticipation of seeing what's in that box it's something that like i feel myself drawn to even though i don't want to be and it, it, that part is arguably even more shitty than what they do to games right yeah, I think, you know, just reading over some of this stuff about Battlefront 2, like they're capping how many credits you can get a day in arcade mode, which is just against AI. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not against that stuff. They said they're they're doing it to keep multiplayer balanced. Well, if someone if that's the way they want to play the game is to play against AI in an arcade mode and just chill out. Or maybe they'd play, you know, with a buddy or something. They don't clear, clearly they don't want to play online. So you're completely just capping off their experience to maybe get a character that they want to go play in that mode. You know, it's like, God, alternatively how can you fucking say it's about multiplayer balance when people can literally buy the shit thus making it unbalanced fuck off with that fucking shit ea (laughs) just that that is just ah yes it is so hypocritical like we don't want people to be able to farm credits here we want people to farm credits in a place where other people are purchasing stuff to kick their ass yeah, we don't want you to farm credits in the game. We want you to farm credits with your wallet. Yeah, it it's just bad. And I 
I hope EA learns from this. I doubt they learn from this. I, I feel like they're going to just keep they're going to keep pushing to see how far they can go. And uh, it's just gross. It, yeah. It, yes. It has been a disastrous month for EA. And fuck, what the fuck are they going to do with the next battlefield? Oh, oh, dude, I don't even want to know. <laughs> it's going to be awful. It is going to be awful. <laughs> it sucks, you know? It really sucks because there's just a fucking fire around this game. Need for Speed sucks and does the same shit. They close Visceral Games. They buy Respawn. It's like, man. Man. It's, yeah, let's... <laughs> As much as I, I I didn't want to talk about EA and microtransactions this week, but they kind of forced our hand by being yeah. shitty about it. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Shadow of War now. Because yeah. <laughs> they, they have microtransactions that, you know, I just haven't felt compelled to play their game to see where that goes. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I still think it's fucking gross what Warner Brothers has done with Shadow of War microtransactions wise what to me Star Wars Battlefront makes Shadow of War look like fucking amazing yeah, in terms of microtransactions you know <laughs> what what this this whole microtransaction thing is really about is like what is the normal gameplay experience that you expect people to have? Is normal yeah. people just buying your game and playing it or is normal buying your game and spending extra money? Right. Because if you think that normal is people fucking buying a $60 game and then fucking spending more money, that's just that is disgusting. If you think that's normal. Right. Like, sure, you'll have a few whales that you should expect that, like, maybe five percent of your audience are just going to are going to go ham on your microtransaction. Yeah, because that that's. I don't know. Normal should be you buy the game and you fucking play it. That should be normal. And it shouldn't feel anything other than normal to play it that way. Yeah. Or, or to me, normal is I buy the game, I play it, I and if I enjoy it, then maybe I buy extra content DLC or something. Not normal if I buy the game and then I just you're trying to suck money out of me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not normal. <laughs> Yeah, but, but uh, looks like now I'm all depressed. You know, let's talk about free content, which sure. I guess maybe not be free. It might be funded by microtransactions, but it's free for every. It's technically free, but who knows where the funding from it came? But yeah, you'll be able to get some stuff starting next Tuesday. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, they're just bringing three updates. Endless Siege will have you defending your fortress against Sauron's forces. Sounds like a horde mode. Um, Rebellion. Crush the rebel orcs. Yay. It sounds like more content. Like, I don't know. It's it's just free updates. Free updates to the game. And it's getting a harder difficulty version to it. So, yeah. Maybe that's for me because this game doesn't seem very hard to me. Yeah. Sure. It's 
they are just Thanks. they're adding new stuff. Yeah, um, they're adding an enhanced photo mode to apply new filters, frames, and textures. That's good. I like that. Photo modes are great. Photo that modes should be a requirement of every game. <laughs> the No Man's Sky photo mode's pretty good too. You saw a couple of my screenshots from that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Love me some photo mode. <sighs> yeah. Let's talk about some news that has been lingering for what seems like years. <laughs> Vivendi rules out Ubisoft takeover for six months. So Vivendi basically is saying they don't plan on taking it over within the next six months. Okay. Uh, Great. It currently owns 26% of Ubisoft. But yeah, that's... Yeah. I don't... That's, I don't so if they go four more percent, then they're required to either try to buy them or back the fuck off. And apparently Ubisoft granted double voting rights to the majority shareholders. So that's cool. Hmm. Good on that. Vivendi should just go away. Yeah, this has been just, this has just been a war of, of attrition <laughs> right now. It's, huh. Yeah. Got more Ubisoft news, probably more happy Ubisoft news. They're opening an office in Berlin for awesome. Far, Far Cry development. Oh. Hmm. It's pretty much all they said. Uh, it's, I don't think it's I think it says they're not working on Far Cry 5. They'll be working on stuff after that. Maybe DLC for Far Cry 5 or maybe a Blood Dragon type DLC. I don't know. But yeah, we got more more people working on Far Cry. And that's a fun game. They'll start working next year. Yeah. Interesting that, you know, Far Cry has always been in Ubisoft Montreal, which is their main development house of a lot of their big games. Interesting that they're spinning it off to a different studio to maybe uh, keep it going for a while. Mm -hmm. And that could be a good thing, potentially, because one of two things you know maybe uh the team at ubisoft berlin will bring fresh ideas to the far cry franchise in future installments and maybe ubisoft montreal is going to be working on something new and exciting you know of like all right well we're going to do far cry 5 and then they can take it let's mm -hmm. do something else who knows it'll be interesting where see where it goes uh Istvan Tajne is going to be the studio manager over there. Never heard of him. Hmm. But we'll see where it goes. Targeting a staff of 50 developers. Hmm. It's cool. Well, it's cool that Ubisoft still invested in starting new studios. <laughs> yeah. You know, even with Vivendi just kind of lurking over here like a creepy person. They're like, hey, we're going to dull down create new studios make cool shit still yeah and i'm excited for that i yeah i like it when uh you know studios open rather than close yeah and i wonder if like the first thing maybe far cry 
that this studio is going to do is maybe like DLC for Far Cry 5. Yeah. That'd be a good starting starting point. I can absolutely see that. Get in there, fuck around. Hmm. I'm going to get in to Overwatch and fuck around. Yeah. Moira. It's out for everyone now. Cool. Uh, Moira, the support character that was announced at BlizzCon, is available on all platforms now. It's pretty cool. I, I'll probably have some impressions on that character next week. Yeah, we have a new character to learn. Yeah, I can dig. And uh, Overwatch is also having a free weekend this weekend. Oh, yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. We played Overwatch the other night. We played oh, some yeah. competitive and we played it for fun. When's the last time we played Overwatch just to play Overwatch and not... You know, during an event to get loot boxes. Yeah, that was that was I a good time. It. Yeah, and and it was fun because we were I don't know we were wrecking man. Yeah, we went on a streak of like five in a row. I think overall I went seven and three in my competitive games. Didn't place exactly where I wanted, but it's better than than uh, last season. So I can maybe dig. Yeah, so far I'm five and two. I have three matches to go. Cool. Uh, I. I'm a Hanzo main. That's just what I yeah. do. Dude, I mean, I feel as a as a unit, man, we were laying the smack down. We were kicking ass in some of those games. It's awesome. I like the like I, I've been playing around with Mercy now. I like her new changes. I like her new ultimate. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I just we uh, I don't understand sometimes how the chaining works. I, I need to study that up a little bit more. Because sometimes I feel like the healing beam should chain and it doesn't. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, j- I just have to learn that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like I, the changes they made to D.Va as well. Mm. I, I like adding her having rockets. Uh, the only thing is, I've, you know, their shield, her shield does not eat that much damage anymore, which kind of stinks. Mm. But makes you makes you play her a little bit differently. Yeah. Mm. Overwatch is up for one of the awards this year in the game awards the nominees were announced earlier this week so uh yeah Yeah, it's not far away either december 7th yep that's then they have a lot of fucking categories this year i'm not sure if they had this many categories last year but this seems like a lot (laughs) yeah i mean i think this is a out as much you know i don't think we need to go over all of them nor do we need to pick a winner we'll have our own yeah we'll have our own game of the year but there is some interesting stuff you know game of the year nominees we have the legend of zelda breath of the wild super mario odyssey players unknown battlegrounds persona 5 and horizon zero dawn and i think you're a little peeved where's wolfenstein 2 absolutely one of my favorite games actually it might be my favorite game this year it's in contention for my game of the year mine as well Hmm. yeah and yeah i mean that's a i mean it's it's tricky somebody was going to get left out because of how great this year has been but it's weird with players unknown as battlegrounds because that's been a hot topic this year should that game be nominated for game of the year or not because it's not technically done what it's going to be you know i also think that uh near automata 
is better than Persona 5. As much as I love Persona 5, I think Nier is just better. <coughs> That's just my Excuse opinion. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I love Horizon Zero Dawn, I think there's definitely other choices they could have made over that game. Um, I think a sleeper thing that could happen that might surprise a lot of people, but it shouldn't. Uh, for these three categories, best audio design, performance, and games for impact, I wouldn't be surprised if Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, wins all three categories here. I wouldn't be surprised either. Because that Honestly. game, like, you look at each of these categories and... It just seems like the front runner is Hellblade in all of these. Like, yeah, I think the closest fight it's going to have might be in games for impact because it, it, it there is some pretty tight competition there. But I, I think, yeah, that's I think this is going to be a big show for Hellblade. Yeah. A new category this year, though, I'm pretty sure best ongoing game. Yes. Uh, with Warframe, Rainbow Six Siege, Overwatch, Grand Theft Auto Online, Destiny 2 and PUBG. I've already uh, if you haven't already, you can go cast your votes right now at uh, the Game Awards dot com. Yes, that is literally the address. Yeah, you can go vote in these categories. I, you know, there's something just strange seeing two categories back to back best action game and best action adventure game. Right. Like what, what, what do those categories even mean? I know. Like to me, you, you just, you have one best action adventure game done. Because what, what makes Neo not an action adventure game? What makes, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, what makes it's what makes Super weird. Mario Odyssey an action adventure game? I know. <laughs> it's a fucking platformer. Right. Uh-huh. It's been an interesting year for fighting games though, with Tekken 7, Nidhogg 2, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, Injustice 2, and Arms. There's been some solid fighting games this year, so that's cool. Same with racing games. I mean, not all not all of them have hit the right way, but there's been a decent amount of them. You know, hmm. yeah, that's multiplayer, though. That's an, that's an interesting one. That that is a very interesting category. I Fortnite, Call of Duty, World War Two, Splatoon Two, just... Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Destiny Two and PUBG. Throw Mario Kart Eight Deluxe out of here. I'm, I'm sorry. That, that game's just it's literally the same thing. There's not much new there. Hmm. Besides the overhaul it's, of battle mode, it's very, game fuck out it's very interesting to see PUBG and Fortnite up against each other in a category yeah. for the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. One what of them's a Fortnite. full release. One of them's a full release. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. What if Fortnite won? I would. I would laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would, that would be funny. Funny to me, at least. Oh, and yeah. best independent game, Hellblade's up for that too. But again, it's up against tough competition in this one. Yeah, I think what, uh, a, what a list. Yeah, wow. Pyre, Night in the Woods, Cuphead, What Remains of Edith Finch, and Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. That's that. It's see, it's been a great game, not only for triple a tr- great year for not only AAA games but also independent games this year. It's everyone's been killing it. Yeah. And with the way some of these AAA games are going, man, those independent games are looking really, really good. And, you know, 
I, I think I understand the category best debut indie game. I think that's that's meant to be like the best indie game from someone putting out their first game. I think that's what yeah. that means. But it, it's 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 a category. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude here, but um, best Chinese games. Yeah, I think it's because the show is sponsored by Tencent. Okay. That they All have right. that. And it's that voting's only open to China. Yeah. We have most anticipated game, which is always a weird thing. Oh but yeah. God of War, Spider Man, Monster Hunter World, Red Dead Redemption Two, and The Last of Us Part Two. I think The Last of Us Part Two I think you can throw that one out, to be honest with you. Mm. I think that ain't coming out next year. Mm. Very and people are going to be able to play Monster Hunter World's beta. So, oh, yeah, shit. It's not far away either. Yeah. Uh, right after the Game Awards, also not far away, was a PlayStation experience. Yep. Uh, they announced 80 exhibitors to include Naughty Dog, Sony Santa Monica, Quantic Dream, Ubisoft, Ben Studio, Capcom, Double Fine, Activision, Supermassive Games, Devolver alongside atlas is going to be there that's cool uh what else do we have here that i haven't mentioned team meat team meat yes epic's going to be there i bet they'll bring fortnite actually they also have a list of games yeah they are bringing fortnite battle royale Mm. they're gonna have far cry 5 at the show oh the these are playable titles too yeah, got uh, Guacamelee 2. Mm-hmm. Going to be able to play Monster Hunter World at the show. But I think that's... I think the beta starts before the show. I think it starts day of, doesn't it? Or December d- 9th? It might, yeah. You might be right about that. Yeah. Have you seen the cover of the new Game Informer? Right oh, I, I haven't looked at it. <laughs> yeah, it's Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yakuza 6 going to be there. Uncharted 4? Yeah, they're probably going to... Uncharted the Nathan Drake collection? Yeah, (laughs) um... I don't know about the Nathan Drake collection, but I know they'll probably have the multiplayer booth they have at the shows that they've been bringing around since uh, PSX, or no, PAX East of last year. This last time I saw it. All right, I got three games here. We have The Forest... Which that game was announced a long time ago at a PSX, which looked neat. At least that game's going to be there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Shadow of the Colossus. Cool. In Russian Subway Dogs. Never heard of that game, but I like that title. Maybe I should check that out for you while I'm there. I'm going to be at the show. I you should. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a lookout for Russian Subway Dogs. All right. Report back. <laughs> Also, schoolgirl slash zombie hunter. <laughs> that sounds like a game. <laughs> um, shit. What was that? A uh, what was that? Uh, Ubisoft pirate game that I forget. Skull what that and bones. Was. Skull and bones. I don't see that on the list here. Hmm. Oh boy. But yeah, I'm excited for both of these. Uh, I look forward to the Game Awards every year. Dude, you You know, know, some years it's good, some years it doesn't hit. 
same way. But it's still I think it's an important thing for games to have. I think it's also important that games stop coming to events and just release Brawlhalla has been at events since 2015. Gang beast. That's one of them for sure. Like, why? Why do you yeah. keep coming to these events? Why do you keep investing money in coming to events? Like, why did you come to events that early if you're not going to have the game ready? Like, I don't know. I don't know what goes behind those situations. Whether they're looking for investors or something at these shows. But I just think it's weird to keep seeing games repeat appearances it's i i don't know i i think that's very weird to me agreed hmm. all right well it's time to go over the games that are out this week it's yes. a relatively short list compared to other weeks thank goodness Got to start off here. Ash's Cricket. I didn't know Cricket was a Pokemon. Uh, Ash's Cricket is the officially licensed video game of Cricket's greatest rivalry, bringing all the fast paced action, big hits and skill that you see in the greatest cricket competition on Earth. Next up is ATV Drifts and Tricks on PS4. I feel like we talked about this game. I don't know. Tired of two-wheeled vehicles, ATV Drift and Tricks is the ATV game for you. A quad-only racing game with both solo and multiplayer play. Dude, my quads are killing me. I I, I ran hills yesterday. Oh. <laughs> we definitely talked about this next game, damn it. Yeah, Ben 10. Yeah, that's strange. I'm not going to read that. Cat Quest, however... Right up my alley <laughs> on PlayStation 4 digitally. Cat Quest is an open world RPG set in the possum world of cats. In search of your catnipped, catnapped sister, you pounce into the massive continent of Felingard or Feline Guard. I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced. Yeah, yeah. A world crafted in the style of overworld maps of yore and purring with catastic characters, stories, and puns. No shit. <laughs> puns. Puns. Next up is De Blob, PS4. De Blob is a 3D platformer where players maneuver their hero, De Blob. Equal parts, amorphous blob of paint, struggling artist, revolutionary, and juvenile delinquent. The Blob was a Wii game. Wii game. Blah. A Wii game? When. Wii game. Now? come. Okay. That's just, that's a choice. They mm -hmm. release your game again. Uh, next up is Demon Gaze 2. On PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. Magnastar has spellbound the people of Asteria into obeying him. It's up to you, the Demon Gazer, to wield the power of demons, liberate Asteria's citizens, and shine the light of revolution. Stup is the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR on PlayStation VR, digital and retail. A true full-length open-world game for VR has arrived from the award-winning developers Bethesda Game Studios. Skyrim VR reimagines the complete epic fantasy masterpiece with unparalleled scale, unparalleled sense of scale, depth, and immersion. 
You know, Bethesda Studio Games, Bugs, and VR just sounds like... Mm. Sounds like great things can happen to my stomach. Yeah. I'll check it out. We'll see. Far from Noise is the next game on the list on PlayStation 4. You are balanced on the edge of a cliff in an old rusting car. The sun is setting behind the horizon, and night will soon fall. With no immediate means of escape, perhaps all that is left is, an, is to attempt to feel some connection with the world at the end of it all. No means of escape. Yeah. The doors won't open. The window won't open. No means of escape. <laughs> Not at all. Next up in, is Knights of Valor on PS4. Arcade never dies. Experience this side-scrolling beat-em-up arcade masterpiece. I laugh. Jesus Christ. You know, I, I just, I just Come laugh. On. I laugh because Housemark just a few weeks ago said arcade is dead. <laughs> you call your game a masterpiece, man. Really? Yeah, that is kind of a, you know, put your dick back in your pants, buddy. Let us decide. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Noir is getting re-released re on PlayStation 4. A dark, violent crime thriller set against the backdrop of 1940s Los Angeles. Boom. Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. PS4 digital and retail. Join your favorite superheroes and supervillains from different eras and realities as they go head-to-head -head with time-traveling Kang the Conqueror in an all-new original adventure. First game was neat. Mm. We'll say. You see about uh, the Marvel's MMO getting shut down? Oh, yeah. Marvel Heroes. Omega. Yeah. That game's, that game's getting shut down. Uh, we've already talked about Outcast Second Contact earlier this year, but I guess it got delayed and it's out now. Yeah. Uh, next is Road Rage on PlayStation 4, digital and retail. Road Rage is an over-the-top, knockdown, drag-out motorcycle combat game that tests your skills on a range of badass bikes. Race, fight, and hustle your way through the ranks of an insane outlaw motorcycle gang. Next up is Schoolgirl slash Zombie Hunter. Mm. PS4, digital and retail. Mm. Set in the one Chinbara universe and taking place at the prestigious Kirisaku High School, known for its balanced curriculum of sports and academics. This is a story of survival. Five students cut off from the outside world and surrounded by seemingly endless floods of zombie hordes. Huh. Bam. Huh. I wonder where this game was made. Yeah. Uh, it's, the Sims 4 is getting a console release on PlayStation 4. Enjoy the power to create and control people in a virtual in a virtual world where there are no rules. Be powerful and free. Have fun and play with life. Boom. Star Wars Battlefront 2 PS4 digital and retail. Embark on an endless Star Wars action and experience from the best-selling franchise. Rush through waves of enemies on Starkiller Base. Line up your X-Wing squadron from an attack 
on a mammoth burst order star destroyer in space or rise as a new hero, Aiden, an elite Imperial special forces soldier and discover an emotional and gripping single player story spanning 30 years and give us your fucking money in that hot multiplayer action. You know what else is hot? Tokyo Tattoo Girls on PlayStation Fuck Vita. Yeah. Woo! It's time to show off that ink. Enter the world of Tokyo Tattoo Girls, where you will select a companion girl and battle the syndicate by conquering the 23 wards of Tokyo. Power up your companion with gorgeous Japanese tattoos and unleash her true power. It's time to show off your ink. Nice. Next up is Va 11 Hal A. I don't think that's yeah. how it, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Run with it. Valhalla. Cyberpunk bartender action is a boozum up about Wafus technology. <laughs> Come on. You know how that life. said. You know what what a waifu is. Waifus. God damn. That's all the games for this week. <laughs> Va 11. How a. Booze them up. That's a fucking new genre. You know what? I might try this. I need something on my Vita. Eventually go. for this flight that I'm taking to Anaheim. You can uh, listen to that hot Justice League soundtrack if you want. It's out this weekend. I'm going to go see it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I said I'd watch the War Ragnarok, but I think I'm due for a double feature. That's what we're doing. We're going to go see Murder on the Orient Express, which is apparently very good. And then we're going to go see Justice League, which is apparently not as good. Hmm. Okay. All right. I see it. But. Yeah, you could have a back-to-back Thor versus Justice League. That would be interesting. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I guess we'll semi-close out the show before we get into spoilers. So if people who want to shut the show off now, uh, this has been episode 88. If you want to continue, we'll be talking about Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, and Call of Duty World War 2. Uh, but if you don't, you can stop right now. And if you do that, you can find us at on Twitter at PS Report Podcast. You can contact us via email at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth and Tyler at Plugged On Vids. That's also his YouTube channel. Which, fuck, got a copyright strike. Yeah, I saw that, man. That fucking sucks. Bunch of fucking bullshit, man. It's a video over two years ago. I played no music in it. I clearly bought my own album from the band. And he gets a copyright strike. What the fuck? So it's like I could do a counter claim or whatever, but then I have to like give them personal information and it becomes this whole legal process. And I highly doubt it would happen, but they could sue us. Like, what the flying fuck? Fuck you, Sumerian Records. Eat my ass. Hmm. Eat my ass. I am not. A hot update. It's only the first quarter 
and Ben Roethlisberger has seven points. Antonio Brown, 15 points. Oh, damn. I'm projected now. I boosted my projection up to 141 points this week. Ooh. Starting off oh, hot. Shit. But yeah. Uh, it, have Delaney Walker playing, hmm. but he's kind of sucked this year. Why would you so. play anyone against the Steelers defense? Because that's the only tight end I had. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck me, man. He's got zero. Eat my fuck. <laughs> Eat our fucks, indeed. Uh, if you want to stick around, we'll be doing a little spoiler cast of Call of Duty World War II and Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. But if you're not, goodbye and see you next week. All right. So, Tyler, let's get into that Call of Duty campaign. Oh, God. I'd call it vanilla ice cream, but I like vanilla. But it is vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it's like the most typical thing you could get. It is. I don't think there's much difference about this campaign than Call of Duty, like call any of the, like the early like Call of Duty, Call of Duty 2 campaigns. I don't think there's much difference in the tone or the message in those games other than like, oh, the gameplay's better. Oh, I guess the graphic. Yeah, the graphics are, are are really good now. But other than that, the whole idea of the campaign and the design of the missions, there were like maybe one or two missions that were interesting in this game. I agree in. I think having a cool World War II campaign could be awesome. The problem is just how ridiculous this game gets. Like, I just wish it was just a super grounded thing, but it's not. And and it has a lot of just ridiculous moments. Like I was talking about with the AA gun last week. Like, Mm -hmm. come on, man. The one that just was like this, just so stupid, is the whole cheat thing with the train. Yeah. And then you turn in front of the train and the train just keeps pushing you. It's like, no, no, that wouldn't happen. Let's just be fucking real. You would die. Mm -hmm. And then the dude just jumps out and then the train runs off the tracks and fucking shit goes everywhere forever. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is a visually impressive thing. But you have done this so many fucking times in this franchise that I'm just kind of tired of it. And I agree with you on the mission design. Besides, and I'm, I think the spy mission is cool. Yeah, and I'm thinking now the spy mission is the only one to me that stood out of like that was actually really fucking cool. And you did something totally different for Call of Duty. Like, they've done stealth missions before, but they haven't done anything like this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is a really awesome mission. I like the pl- the design of everything. It was super detailed. It was, you know, you had to find the right person. If you said the wrong thing, they would find out who you are and all kinds of stuff. It's like, this is cool, you know? But then some of the other ones just fucking went on forever and maybe it's just because i was like i just kind of want this game to be over with but uh in the game it's it's a traditional call of duty length but 
I was like, man, this game is way too long. Like, oh my God, I thought I was on the last level, but I'm not on the last level. No, maybe this is the last level. It's not the last level. And I'm like, fuck. I think another thing it comes down to is I just don't like the characters. Yeah, they were they were kind of cookie cutter. Yeah. The safest way you could play them. Yeah, they're cookie cutter. They don't grow. They don't make you really care about any of them, really. Like, they try to make you care about Zussman. Yeah, he's like your best bro. He eventually gets captured by the Nazis and put in a concentration camp. And I thought that was a very interesting thing at the end. But I feel like it it just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, it did. And And like the whole tone of the game, like going throughout the whole game, like they aren't really saying nothing, anything about the evil of the Nazis or anything about that. It's just a war and you're just a soldier. And I guess you can tell that story, I guess. But then to like go and then explain the horrors after the fact, like I, I think it, it was a very strange way to tell that story. And it was a, it was it had almost no impact at the end because it was like, OK, you made me go play through this game. And then, oh, OK, what the fuck? Why? Like why You're going to have an epilogue that that like that addresses like the the evil of the Nazis, but you don't like nowhere in the game are you fighting them? Like you even like joking them, jokingly give them like nicknames and shit like the fucking Krauts or the, they call that one the Fritz or something like that. They just, yeah, you call them disparaging things, but you never actually address that they're actually bad guys or evil other than the fact that you have to fight them. Right. Yeah. In, I think the worst character in this game is Pearson. The the main, like, I guess you could say bad guy in your squad who's like such a fucking prick for no reason. And it got so annoying to me after Turner died, which one, I, I just... Uh, it was I didn't really predictable. Feel it was happens. so yeah, predictable. It was absolutely predictable. So then Pearson takes over your squad. He's like, "Oh, Daniels, you're you're with me now." And like every goddamn time you run into him, he's he's like saying something dickish to you for absolutely no reason. Like, "You better get a thought, Daniel. Fuck you, Daniel. Listen to me." Like I was like, "Oh my god, just." Shut the fuck up. Somebody shoot this dude in the head because I kind of can't stand him anymore. Like, fuck. And they were setting they were setting up that kind of like that, like from the beginning. They were like, like even from the beginning, they're like, thank God Turner's around or else Pearson's going to would have been an asshole to us. Like they've been they were setting it up the entire game. There was no surprise that that was where the game was going. And I I don't know. I, I just feel like it wasn't very creative at all. Just the way that they structured that, like they put that set up there, like and they're like, like, I feel like throughout the game up until the point Turner dies, they're like, oh, God, thank that goodness. Turner's here or Pearson would eat our ass, not eat our ass. But, you know, fucking <laughs> it's just it was not it wasn't engaging to me. It's just it was like, OK, yeah, this is here. I don't give a shit about the other characters, whatever. Like, I don't I could hardly tell you a damn thing about any of the other characters. No, I, I can't either. And I think there's a there's a cool story to be told of a World War Two game 
or a military game or whatever, whatever setting you want and like kind of infighting in your squad sort of thing. But you have to really make me care about some of the characters and really see different sides of everything. And I just feel like they didn't do the greatest job with this. And it's kind of unfortunate because I thought Advanced Warfare's campaign was actually pretty cool for Sledgehammer. The gameplay was still fairly traditional, but I thought it had a interesting story. It had a compelling villain and in uh, Kevin Spacey. Uh, but I don't know. I just wish it was a little bit more than what it was, especially after Infinite Warfare. And I know people like the shit on that game, but that game's campaign is fucking great. And that game's campaign is worth a look in that game alone. You know, and I think just from a mission design standpoint in in how that game just flowed from mission to mission, having side missions and, and dudes to take out and everything. It was like there's something really cool about this And this game is a little bit more of a, a step back. It feels a little bit almost too old school. Like I can totally get behind a World War Two game with 2017 design. You know, or I feel like this is a World War Two game that could have totally fit in like 2004. Mm hmm. You know, I don't know. It's not awful, but it's just really boring. Yeah, it, I, I described like, it as bland <laughs> when I yes. when I finished it. Yeah, I man, it could be good. And we saw it, albeit an alternate timeline. A, a game where you kill Nazis that was good. And that what was a difference. Wolfenstein, <laughs> man. Oh, man. Dude, I, this is one of the best campaigns I've ever played. And I know we said that like last year with Doom and stuff, but this is right up there. Oh, this campaign is just unbelievable. From In the story, the story is just insane yeah it it fluctuates from like batshit insane to like extremely personal and i i think it handles those tonal shifts perfectly yes yes and it goes all the way you know it doesn't stay in the middle like call of duty or something it goes all the way on both sides and it's like we're not ashamed to do it Mm -hmm. it's fucking amazing there's just so many just batshit crazy moments in this game. I don't even know where you want to start. Uh, I thought uh, – I believe we already talked about the beginning of the game. The beginning of the game is fucking gruesome. It, it is. It, it's gruesome and it's extremely violent. They made someone you already hate even worse. Yeah, and, and I, I have – thinking you know originally i'm like man i like i don't like what's her face god frau angle her name frau angle yes yes and i was like i don't like her last game she was awful and now i'm what they did i'm like you somehow made me just despise her like three times as much by killing caroline and the way she treats her daughter and just the way she acts in general and the things she says, she's so like cocky and like we're better than you and I'm going to embarrass you and I'm going to kill you and all this sort of stuff. She and is like, like, damn, she is just 
pure fucking evil. Like she they set it up like she is she is fucking evil incarnate. <laughs> and yes. that it is motivation. It, it a lot of games and even like TV and movies, they really struggle with creating a villain that is just evil and evil in a good way. That sounds weird, but like evil of like you really see why they're evil and they have reasons for it and everything. And you really, really don't like them mm-hmm. sort of thing. They set her up in a great way. And I love the lore of this game. Having Nazis take over America is, you know, it's kind of fascinating in, in seeing some of the places like Manhattan and New Orleans and Roswell is like, hmm, this is just kind of interesting. You know, it's an interesting sci-fi sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so weird, though, really quick. You know, when you're walking down Roswell and you see a Nazi talking to a Ku Klux Klan member. Dude, it's like, that was man, this game is really going all the way. Like, holy shit. <laughs> Oh, man, I I was like, wow, where where a game like Call of Duty World War Two had nothing to say about the evil of Nazis. This game had everything to fucking say about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I I like it when a when a studio has the confidence to say what they mean. And I think I'm pretty sure, even though I think Pete Hines came out and said uh, they have this wasn't meant to be a politically charged game. I think subconscious, like below the surface, they meant this to send a message out there that Nazis fucking suck. And uh, maybe we shouldn't think like Nazis ever. Yeah, I, I agree. So I think we we can address a couple of things about this game, but I I think first and foremost, we should address the character of B.J. Blazkowicz. Yes, because who the fuck thought that one of the best characters in a video game would turn out to be in a first person shooter? And the protagonist, the usual silent protagonist like across most first person shooters, your silent protagonist, they they had the confidence to pull you out of that kind of role in a first person shooter in BJ Blazkowicz. Like show like I think it begins as soon as you even put on that suit, Caroline suit, the way that he talks about about losing her and making it worth it and having her carry him through. Yeah. And just that that on that deep personal level where he feels that loss and he feels himself dying and like he's he's flying on Caroline's wings. It's one of the things he says. Yeah, pretty pretty much. I I thought those were great moments or even the moments where, you know, he's talking about uh, Anya and his kids mm-hmm. and how he feels like he'll never he won't can see his kids grow up sort of thing. And it's like. This is depressing and this actually is really hitting me, you know, and the way this game starts with seeing BJ's dad, mom, Mm -hmm. and he's hiding in the closet and and his dad comes in and it's kind of being a prick and 
hitting his mom and spouting out very nasty, very racist things. And, you know, then you have to shoot the dog or not. You you don't have to. Did you fucking shoot the dog? I did not. (laughs) Thank goodness. I wonder if they kept a stat. I wonder if they. Yeah. I'd be very interested if they kept a statistic about who shot the dogs, (laughs) like how many people actually made the choice not to shoot it. I was like, I, I. I can't. I mean, the dog ends up dying anyway. Yeah. You're just like, fuck you, man. Just fuck you. But then when you go back to that house later and you're seeing all the different memories and in the the little girl that this black little girl that BJ was really great friends with and all this stuff and that they liked each other. But her dad, his dad didn't like that. And in seeing some of those things. But then even there. They play with your emotions because there's one cut scene where he's like legitimately maybe a, a cool dad in a way. And it was the one where BJ was scared because he's seeing monsters or he believes there's monsters. And his dad's just like, OK, let's go. And he and, you know, maybe you don't do this, but he gives BJ a gun. And they go downstairs and they're like, we're going to get the monsters. And then afterwards, BJ wasn't scared of the monsters. It's like that was a really cool moment with him. But almost any other time, he's a fucking prick. But you could see what he was trying to do with BJ, you know, of not having him be scared and him, you know, be be a man sort of thing. But he clearly was not going about it the correct way, you know. Mm hmm. But even then, I'm like, this is just really, really great writing. Yeah. And this period, it's amazing writing. I I want to say I'm surprised. But after like seeing like how much time they took, I feel like they took plenty of time between this and the last one to uh, to write a good story. Like they aren't they aren't rushing these games out, which I think might. It's I don't think that should be a problem with Call of Duty where they have like three studios working on on a Call of Duty at any given time. I feel like they should have plenty of time to write a good story like this, but they don't. Uh, it's, but I, yes, but at the same time, Call of Duty, there's more, more things to it of like, you have to have zombies and multiplayer. So that takes away development resources. Whereas this is just a, that it's just a story in the campaign. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think Call of Duty definitely has enough time to create a very great story. You know? Yeah. I, so Back to BJ here. Uh, I think one of the important things that they do with the whole storytelling around BJ is like they put him up against characters that he doesn't necessarily agree with, but he has to work with. Like uh, the one scene in New Orleans where he's talking to the resistance leader there about like the conflict between like oh man the mar- the, the the Marxist socialist kind of the people and him being in the being the the military guy who fought in the war like that that scene is pretty fucking great that scene was so amazing and at that <laughs> moment I was like this is just so well like directed. 
this mm-hmm. scene because in they the like back arguing with each other and her saxophone playing in the background it's like soft music and the, and the one chick that's in this group is sniping there's fucking gunfire and shit blowing up all that stuff but they're like arguing with each other and the camera's like spinning around and getting up in their face and oh my god what a beautifully directed scene <laughs> it was fucking great and then after that what you end up doing when you're riding that Nazi dog thing just mm-hmm. lighting zombies on fire and there's this like doom music playing pounding I'm and, like god this game is so good and that's where I want to I want to draw a comparison because whereas in that scene where you're riding that dog like that that what mech hound whatever thing you want to call it where you go over to Call of Duty and at any time you're not boots on the ground, whether you're driving a vehicle, flying a plane, driving a tank. I don't think any of that feels good. I feel like that those are the absolute worst parts of that campaign and the most frustrating parts. Yeah, I, I just I don't think they I don't think they explored too much outside the boots on the ground gameplay. They're like, I feel like all their marketing led into that too, like boots on the ground, boots on the ground. But then in the campaign, they have this this vehicle thing where I think the plane one was the most egregious because it was just not clear how you like fucking do shit. Like I, I failed it once just because I didn't know, like, how do I fucking ID targets? How do I how do I actually hit shit? And it's and what 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 do these fucking little things up in the mean? Are that is that how many bombers I have left, or is that how many more fighters I have to take out? Like what what the fuck's that counter there for? Uh, I don't know. It and it it didn't feel particularly smooth to me. Like it, it it felt like something they tacked on and they didn't really explore deeply. Right. I agree with you on that. I think another just batshit amazing sequence of events and just character moments for for bj is uh when you're at your old house yes and you get to the part uh where you're in your mother's room and you find the ring that she gave him when he was a kid and he's going to give it to the anya and all that stuff but your dad's there Mm -hmm. and they have this just amazing moment with between both of them and just kind of laying it out there. But then you find out that your dad completely betrayed you and has been working with the Nazis. And then the Nazis just literally picks up the house off the fucking ground mm-hmm. and captures you. Yeah. And like, you, you also wow. you also find out that he sold out your mother. Yeah. In that, that scene too. as well. Yes, that too. And it's like, man, your mother being being a Jew, me. that's that's why mm-hmm. that's why it matters. But yeah. yeah, it's man. But then you get to the just insane moment of when you're captured yeah. and they cut BJ's head off. No, hold on. Hold on. Let's no. <laughs> there's a whole thing before that, even because where they where your one guy tries to come and rescue you. Yes, yes. And the Nazis know that's happening. They know that this guy's coming here to rescue you. And they're just letting him go in there so they can find out where the rest of your friends are. They give you this glimmer of hope that uh, they tease something that you see in first person in stories, action stories all the time. The escape. They tease that for you and then they take it away. 
Oh yeah, they rip it away. And then they, then they come back. Yes, then they come back again in like this fever dream that you have as BJ Blaskowitz at your kind of like like trial where they're basically just going to sentence you to death. They give you like this moment where you miraculously break out of your chains and you have to fight wave after wave of Nazis before eventually going through the door and seeing your mother. And talking to your mother and talking to her about how you don't want to fight anymore. She's, she tells you that she'll see you soon. And then that, then that cuts to this next scene where I'll let you, yeah. let you take yeah, off here. It, it, and at that moment, when you're like breaking out, you're just fucking murdering zombies, which is not zombies, honestly, not zombies, Nazis, sorry, Nazis. <laughs> we had Nazis and zombies mixed up because, you know. <laughs> Call of Duty had to fucking do that. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, that's the part that I died the most in the game. Mm-hmm. And you're, sp- I think you're supposed to. I, th- I yeah. think that's how it's designed. It's supposed to like give you like this. There is hope for you, but you have to fucking fight tooth and nail for it. Exactly. And, and you actually, they do a good job of you making you feel like, oh shit, I'm out. I'm free. And mm-hmm. then they completely rip it away from you. And it's like, oh, shit. And, you know, the Nazis have been hunting you down forever now. And they finally have you. So this is like this televised thing. And I thought just an incredibly, like, powerful just thing from imagery was the Nazis standing at the at Washington, mm-hmm. the Washington monuments in the background. And it's like, and they, did you see they replaced wow. uh, Lincoln with Hitler? Yeah, and it's like, holy shit, that is just a crazy thing to just even picture. And they're really going with this sort of thing. And kudos to them, you know, for and, really just telling it how it is, you know. And in that moment when you're laid out there, you think again. Uh, just, I had a little yeah. thought in my mind. This is where my friends come in and save me, right? Right. <laughs> And then you're sitting there in for it doesn't take you out of it. You're in first person sitting there. And that's that's what sold it to me. Like, why are they having me in first person for this scene? And you just see Frau Angle take the ceremonial sword and with a couple of hacks, take your fucking head off. And that leads into like a whole batshit insane thing. That I'll yeah, <laughs> like they actually did it. I was like, they don't kill main characters. Huh? They don't kill no. the protagonist. <laughs> and, and I was like, there's no way this is like the end, obviously. So how how do they go from here? Your head ends up dropping down into this little hole thing and your buddies already had it planned out. I guess what was going to happen, how they're going to save you. So they grab your head and they only had like seven seconds to get it into this chamber sort of thing. Hook some fucking tubes up. Yeah. (laughs) To keep your brain alive. And then they repair you with a brand new body. Mm hmm. They give you basically a super soldier body, which solves the problem in the beginning half of the game where you're in BJ's broken ass body where you only have like 50 health. Now that you have this super soldier body, you're back up to full 100 health. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And then from there, they give you a choice of three three abilities. Um, I chose the the ramshackles. Same here. So you could just bust through shit. There's another one. Uh, There's where basically you can make your stilts. Body really small. 
Oh yeah, there's one where you can where you can compress yourself to fit into small spaces, and then there's like basically like these stilts that you put yourself on to get up in higher ground. Yeah. And I thought all all three of those seemed pretty interesting, and you can eventually unlock the other ones by doing side missions. There are side missions in this game. (laughs) Yeah. Later. Yeah. It's there's a there's just a lot to this game. Like. you have this main campaign that's pretty awesome, but they also present to you like these opportunities to kill other Nazi leaders. Yeah. And I think that that was a pretty cool thing to do. Like you revisit areas and that's a cool way to like go back and also clean up collectibles too. If you, if that's a thing. And I, I've read a few of the things they have good writing in those too. Like it's interesting to see newspapers celebrating the Nazis. Like that's, Blood curdling, but interesting at the same time. I'm like, mm-hmm. God damn it. Fucking Nazis. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think one of the other just crazy moments I did not think that they were going to do, uh, you know, because then from there you go and you recruit some people and do some stuff and have some tight gameplay and shooting. Then you go to Venus. Yeah, you fucking like, go what? to Venus. <laughs> the Nazis have set up shop on Venus so that, you know, the resistance couldn't fuck with them sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And you and so they're they're having this big movie shoot about killing BJ Blazkowicz because it's such a big deal to them sort of thing. And, not, and that's what Nazis do. They want to prop themselves up and to kind of tell their people and in be, believers lies. Yeah, because and, you, you as BJ Blazkowicz, they know you as terror, Billy. You are a myth to them. You are this mythological, just apex killer that they are fucking terrified of. Yes. And they finally got you and now they want to celebrate it. Yeah. So you disguise yourself as the, one of the guys that got recruited to go try out for this role and you go to Venus. And here is another part where I'm like, oh, wow, they're actually doing this. Hitler is in this game. Yeah. An old like a really old ass Hitler. Yeah. And he's batshit crazy. And there's this is another just incredibly well directed in creative cutscene because there's just you know crazy unpredictable moments from him you know one that made me laugh was just when he sat the bucket on the floor in front of everybody and just started pissing in it mm-hmm. and then he started missing the bucket mm-hmm. then there's the moment where he just pukes all over the place <laughs> and he ends up you know very unpredictably you don't know if he's going to shoot you or not he ends mm-hmm. up killing like everybody except you Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, this is this is tight mm-hmm. sort of thing. But then, you know, I thought the gameplay on Venus was also just really, really fun. It was an interesting place. And it's another interesting just what if. Yeah. Scenario. And I I really liked it. I, I thought uh, the way I think there they introduced this weapon, the Ubergewehr. Mm-hmm. Which, just like the BFG, oh. a fucking insane ass weapon. Yeah. Although I don't little, think, yeah. I don't think they set it up as well as they did the BFG. No, definitely not. And I think this weapon's a little bit more frustrating to use, yeah, which I'll talk the about. The charge later. time is a little bit yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Especially, yeah. 
I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's just it was just so fucking insane. You and what what do the Nazis fucking think? Because they don't think it's you because the end of the game clearly states clearly makes it out like they don't know that you're around or they're just trying to cover up that you're around. It's it's crazy, man. It is fucking awesome yes. and like so basically you get you get like these codes and you go over and take out you, you basically invade this nazi airship and you take that over and there's a there's a fun moment in between there that i think is really important uh i forget her name frau angle's daughter do you remember her oh. name oh i'm forgetting her name too but i believe i know what yeah there's this there's this awesome moment because uh the leader of this resistance keeps calling her a nazi throughout the game and keeps on belittling belittling her um and distrusting her and it's in this moment she just snaps and basically like goes off uh frau engel's daughter snaps and goes off on her and basically saying don't call me a nazi i'm not a nazi anymore i that's you don't have the right to do that to call me less than human yeah i think that that was important to know that like not everybody that lives behind that shit like once they're out they could be fucking out of that shit because it's just it's just a matter of like the environment and culture that you're in yeah and i think that was that was an incredibly important scene to have because here's this character that's just been you know, put down and all this stuff and they're trying to be good, but they're constantly being accused of something they're not. And they kind of have a redemption sort of moment. And I I thought that was just phenomenal. Like I was really rooting for her the whole time. And I liked grace, uh, the, the leader Mm -hmm. or one of the leaders that you end up recruiting and stuff. And I'm like, she's a cool character. I like her. Because she just tells it how it is sort of thing. But every time she accused her of being a Nazi, I'm like, you just got to stop, man. She's clearly not a Nazi. But, you know, in that in that time, in that situation, you can totally see why someone would think that, you know. Mm. But then she has this just great moment of like, I'm not a Nazi. Like, stop. You know, I'm more than that. And you shouldn't compare me to that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. But then the airship and and there there's a scene at the end of this that I want to talk about later. But I I thought the like returning to the airship was kind of neat. Like you recognize some of the corridors and stuff from like from the beginning of the game where you were on it trying to escape. Mm hmm. Uh, I I liked it. I liked this mission quite a bit, up until that boss fight, man. The final boss fight. What do you think of it? I found it a, a ramp in difficulty I did not expect. Yes, me me too. And I found it extremely frustrating. Like I was just so fucking pissed off at this section. I, I you know I. Yeah, it's a rampant difficulty. And that's where it comes in with that weapon we were talking about. Like that weapon sucks to use, especially in a sequence like that where mm-hmm. you need to where you need mobility and you need quick fire sort of thing. And 
there's so many times I would fire the damn thing at those bigger Nazi dudes that have the heavy weapons and they would just charge right through it. Nothing would happen. I'm like, dude, you were just standing there and I fired on you so many times. And there was a real difficulty with like health there. Mm -hmm. Not really ammo because basically what I ended up doing is I literally just kept running in a loop. I would run down through those little like corridors underneath Mm -hmm. And I would pop out, I would shoot some shots, and I would pop out, run to the other side, shoot some shots, pop out, run to the other side, shoot some more shots. And I just kept doing that over and over and over and over again. It was just so how I it was a very frustrating how thing. I did it. You notice that like they you can fucking ignore the Uber Gewehr for that fight. Uh, but yeah, like what I, I what I what I did was I actually went up to the lasers on the sides, like each the corner bunkers had a had a laser thing on top and like i just dismount that uh fucking kill the big guys remount it to charge it back up and take out some little guys while that's that's happening and then pick that up and do that again but then once like the final two big fuckers like huge fuckers come out and i was like they're introducing a new fucking enemy in this and i'm like what the hell like and uh, one of the complaints i have about that fight is that there isn't any like real figurehead in the in those big enemies like they're they don't really set up another truly evil character other than frau angle to target like i yeah i felt that that was really strange that they, they had these two giant robot things that i think were controlled inside by a human i i didn't really look closely but it i i just thought it would be more impactful if like if frau angle had like these two lieutenants that she's like was like all right you two are like my personal fucking guards and you're gonna t- you're gonna take care of the goddamn ship while i'm away and then maybe show off how they're like some of their personal evil as well but i don't know it just seemed like a faceless enemy to me at the end i agree and it didn't actually feel like a final boss fight it just to me felt like a very difficult fight Mm -hmm. and then and then the game you're pretty much at the end there and the scene after that this no the scene after the uh the big robot fight is fucking insane and i love it i fucking love that scene yes she like has no shirt on she's okay fucking blood everywhere (laughs) yeah so (laughs) when you get when you go up to like the the control center you you basically get ambushed by nazis who come out come up through a door anya dives over throws like three grenades over (laughs) and tackles you down like so to like a lower level so you don't get blown up and shit that all fucking happens like there's one of those hellhounds like her shirt catches on fire so she takes it off fucking she pulls out her guns and fucking just mows down the last remaining hellhound as blood is splattering all over her from the explosion and it is just fucking insane. Yeah. And BJ's just laying there on the floor like, holy fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was amazing. And then the very end, I think, is is cool. So Frau Angle is on a, a TV show basically about they're talking about BJ and in how great the Nazis are and all sorts of stuff. And you sneak up into that tv show and you shove a a hatchet square in her face 
mm-hmm. and rip her skull open. Like, there's no way she's not dead this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of thing. And then they just, you know, and it's on live TV. And the whole point of this game really is that they wanted to spark a resistance, start, a revolution. Yes. Yeah. Start a revolution. And this is their way of doing it because it's on TV. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Sort of thing. Like, we have to fight. We can't give up, sort of thing. And so you definitely know where this game's going. It is the second part of a trilogy, but I think it's just, it's one of the better second parts of a trilogy I think I've ever experienced in mm-hmm. entertainment, sort of thing. Like, it still feels super satisfying and not like it's there to just continue from the beginning and then set up the end. Like, it still feels very very well crafted and put together mm-hmm. it's an amazing game it really is I, I think gameplay wise it's it's really good one thing i would like to see them expand on is just stealth like i found stealth to, to be way harder in this game than in the first one where like i was constantly getting caught like give me a little bit more options with that stuff like maybe hiding bodies or something like that i, I don't know just i think they can build on that a little bit more because they definitely built on the insane gunplay of the first one. Like oh, they yeah. took that to another level. Um, I, I love dual wielding those fucking shotguns, man. The, yeah. <laughs> those three barrel rotating shotguns. <laughs> fucking they are insane. They rip. <laughs> the, the, yeah, I, I like dual wielding that and the like just traditional auto uh, assault rifle mm-hmm. sort of thing, especially if you get like uh, the piercing, armor piercing upgrade. Like that thing just destroys anybody if you're just like bam, 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 bam just taking them out. It's awesome. And they did the cool thing again with this uh, by like giving you perks based on how you play. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, like that. I, I I think that's a very smart way to do progression in a in a shooter. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> Play Wolfenstein 2, man. It it's, is great. It's going to be on fucking game. sale for 30 bucks next week. No excuses. No excuses there. It is. I love it. Like, there, I have very minor criticisms of it. And one of them is, like, doing the takedowns. You get damage while doing the takedowns. Why even do a takedown in combat? I think that's one of the things that like they should have learned from Doom. Like if you're going to have that kind of moment mid combat, you you can't really make it a risk. It's I I don't know why why have that option there if it's honestly just it's it's going to get you killed. Yeah, this game's hard. It is. I it played is it difficult. on the second to lowest difficulty. I don't I remember the the name of it, but like I felt like there was a good challenge there. I, I played it uh, on the third difficulty. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Bring it on, I think it was called. Mm. There you go. I like it. I like it a lot. I like when we have nice, deep talks about some of these games. Yeah. It's fun. Man. Let's have damn. a hot, deep talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2. How about, uh, no. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't have enough money to see what all that game has to offer me. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody does. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. 
with stuff. Uh, this weekend, uh, I will be doing an extra life stream starting at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. That's central time, 11 Eastern, 9 Pacific. Uh, that's going to run for at least 12 hours. And depending on how my donation tiers go, I might be going longer. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. People can come by, donate to Extra Life for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. It's a good cause. Kids need medical awesome. care. And uh, this is a way that they can get it. Yes. Um, I th do you have anything coming up this week no not not too much gonna be a very busy weekend for me mm. not in a fun way mm. all right we'll see we shall uh but that that'll do it for us this week uh we'll see you next week probably been playing i might finish up assassin's creed by next week we'll see mm. until then bada bang bada boom be good to each other Play your video games and stay saucy.